the 2000 chart show. The 2000 chart show. This is the 2000s chart show, the chart show where usually every week we are celebrating the UK top 40 singles chart from 20 years ago. But this week is a very special episode in which I am doing my own top 40 best singles of 2003. I am Samuel Spencer and I'm excited and to be honest, slightly nervous about sharing my taste with you. It's all very well me being incredibly judgmental about many of the songs that we've talked about over the last seven months but now I have to put my money where my mouth is and show you these songs that I actually love from the last year and not all of them you're gonna agree with in fact especially as we go up the scale there may be a few shockers but that is what charts are about they are about subjectivity which is why anyone who wastes any time getting angry about a chart online is wasting their time he says after have dedicated his life to talking about charts Obviously, I know that anyone who is a chart fan loves a few rules. And so here are some of the rules to make my top 40 of 2003. Rule number one, for a song to be eligible, it had to be released between the 1st of January 2003 and the 31st of December 2003. That one seems obvious, but also very important. They had to have been a top 40 single in that year. We are a top 40 singles related podcast as much as... As I could fill the chart with Girls Aloud and Madonna album tracks, I thought we will celebrate the defining pop object, the single. And when I said that I could fill the chart with Girls Aloud and Madonna, that brings me to our next rule, a more controversial one, but I think important to show the full array of amazing pop music we had in 2003, and that is one song per artist. Even if, like Girls Aloud, you released two amazing singles and Jump, I will only be choosing which one. And so that does bring an interesting element, I hope, of jeopardy to things. There are obviously some artists that you will be expecting to see, but exactly which of their songs you will hear, you will find out as we go along. So hopefully, very exciting. We're going to play some great pop music. We're going to play some music that you probably hate, but I love. We're going to not feature some songs that you're expecting to be there. Definitely featuring some songs that you will have not predict in a million years to hear. Very exciting. Celebration of 2003. A fantastic year for pop music. And I realise I've said the word pop like a hundred times and haven't brought my pop shield. So oh, it's funny that it's called a pop shield because it's the audio popping. But then we do a pop shield. Anyway, see just to say sorry for those spikes in audio. A few statistics. To start with, 621 songs were released in 2003 and made the top 40. So that made my job of choosing 40 of them very difficult. I had to go through four rounds. The first round was just picking songs I liked. That cut the list down to about a third, leaving me with 196 songs. Once I had applied the single artist rule, I was left with 137 of these. I chose 40, which honestly took about two hours, and then I ranked them in order of preference. We will talk about a few songs that didn't quite make the top 40, but deserve an honourable mention as we go along. But it's time. Uh, Let's kick it off with number 40, the 40th best song of 2003, in my opinion. Very important to note. A surprising one, but I'll explain it in a minute. This is Mark Owen with Four Minute Warning. Recently chose the right time for Lucy Loving when you know it's a final time 
Four minute warning, very pleasingly, a number four hit on the 10th of August 2003. The attempted comeback single of Mark Owen from Take That. He had a few top 10 singles in the 90s. He was actually the first, I, I believe this is right, the first Take That member to have a solo top 10 single. And then he won Big Brother in 2002, Celebrity Big Brother, and followed that up with a number four hit. However, in classic form, his next song went to 26 and then he was dropped from his record label. So not quite the comeback he'd been hoping for. He spent a lot of the press cycle for Four Minute Warning talking about how he felt he would never reform or take that. And of course, within two years, he would do exactly that. You may be wondering, I'm not really a boy band person. So why is Four Minute Warning by Mark Owen at number 40? Well, of all the songs that we have played on this podcast, hundreds, hundreds of songs, every time my brain started to switch off this year, it would go into a kind of neutral zone and suddenly this earworm would sneak in. Everybody wants to go... You're gonna die with a message on your stereo Four minute warning it has never quite left my head It's become the soundtrack to my life To my anxiety To my insomnia And so I thought I would celebrate that here With by putting it at number 40 But I couldn't in any conscience put it any higher And it almost, I have to say, didn't make the cut I was I was really fighting out between this and Download It by Clear That I think that would have been a good song to have on here As a tribute to all of the flop bands That we have played Every flop boy band ever Every flop girl band but then mark owen little mark crept his way into the top 40 so congratulations to him and congratulations to at number 39 ka by shania twain mention that before by the way we not only are we talking about songs that we have discussed on this podcast which began in may so we're talking but we are talking about the entirety of 2003 so everything from january to december which is very exciting because it means occasionally we can talk about songs that we haven't really talked about such as this one Kaching, a number eight hit in march 2003 the second song from the campaign to shania twain's exclamation mark ridden album up of course we talked about on this podcast forever and for always thank you baby and when you kiss me but it's ka-ching and of course that has an exclamation mark that i really love kind of in a i would say half ironic way a loving ironic way because i think it has there's something quite special about one of the richest women in pop music who let's not forget had the one of the biggest selling albums of the 90s some people say the biggest selling album of the 90s writing a song about how awful it is that we're all obsessed with money so yeah it's very easy not to be obsessed with money babe when you have millions and millions of dollars of it this also has some of the best most rudimentary rhyming in all of pop music we live in a greedy little world that teaches every little boy and girl always incredible when you start the song with a phrase that doesn't rhyme to earn as much as they can possibly and then turn around and spend it foolishly we created us a credit card mess we spend the money that we don't possess our religion is to go and blow it all so it's shopping every sunday at the mall did shania twain 
predict the credit crunch? No. But if we listened to her, would the financial crash never have happened? Maybe. And so for that, she's earned a place at number 39. Also, Kuching by Shania Twain, part of a formative pop music memory for me. Probably the first step in the path that leads me to this podcast. When I was 10 in 2003, for my birthday, my mum's, one of my mum's friends was a DJ. And so they made me a CD of kind of the best pop songs of 2003 at that point and track number 16 on that mix cd 16 of 17 was Kaching by shania twain so it's near the bottom of that track listing and it's near the bottom here but i had to mention it in this lower region which features a few songs that i love but can't quite justify being any higher songs like at number 38 big brothers with favorite things had somewhat of a mixed bag in 2003 they started on a high which was favorite things which got to number two in may 2003 then baby boy number four in september and then we talked about it a few weeks ago ain't what you do became their first song to miss the top 10 got to number 15 in december 2003 and they would never again have another top 10 hit but that doesn't mean that we can't celebrate the glory of favorite things another song that is faintly ridiculous whoever it was who thought oh i don't know why don't we make the sound of music hip was mad but it kind of worked and without that gwen stefani would be nothing and as one of her biggest defenders and apologists we couldn't have that is also favorite things is one of the singles in 2003 that i actually paid my own money and bought the single of and so that needed to be acknowledged. One of actually the few songs on this list that I bought at the time. I only had a 10 year old's pocket money, what can I say? And being 10 years old, of course, I was obsessed with at number 37, the first of the number one singles that we're talking about on this list, Busted with Crash the Wedding. There were 23 number one singles in 2003 from Sound of the Underground, which is ineligible for this chart because it came out in 2002, but was still number one at the start of the year until Michael Andrews featuring Gary Jules's Mad World, which was the Christmas number one for 2003, as we talked about in last week's show. By the way, one of the reasons that we're doing a best of 2003 list here is because the week after Christmas, basically no one releases anything. And so there are no new singles in the chart 20 years ago. But let's talk for now about Crash the Wedding number one for one week in November 2003. Busted at this point going from absolute strength to strength. All of their songs had been in the top three. And in fact, all of the singles from their peak period 
between September 2002 and their first breakup in August 2004 would chart in one, two, and three. They would go on to have four number one singles, of which Crash the Wedding was the second. You Said No by Busted, the first ever number one single we talked about on this podcast. So they have a special place in our heart. And certainly, as we've seen across the show, they were the big, hugest band in 2003. Never mash hits went by in which they weren't included. They did some iconic interviews. The one that was all just questions about a dishwasher that they did for Top of the Pops. The one in which Enemy asked them the questions from the Martin Bashir, Michael Jackson interview. They were truly game for anything. Well, I guess until they weren't and Charlie from Busted decided that he'd had totally enough of everything and then joined a terrible indie metal band. Busted are will always be part of one of my most embarrassing moments when I was about 10 or 11 and a bunch of the cooler kids at my primary school were like, oh, what music do you listen to? And I said with total childlike sincerity, oh, I like punk music like Avril Lavigne and Busted. Embarrassing. But I've forgiven them for Crystal Wedding, which I think is my favourite of their singles at the time I probably would have said that it was You Said No because I've always been a drama queen and so I could sit there listening to this song about asking someone to dance with you at the disco but them saying no and being like oh my god that's my life they're really talking about me in like quite an embarrassing way but I certainly wasn't the only person obsessed with Busted in 2003 they did a pretty much a clean sweep of the Smash Hits Poll Winners Party Awards in 2003 they won Best Band in the World Ever Best British Band Stars of the Year and Best Album they did lose Best Single however to Sunshine by Gareth Gates which did make the shortlist for this list but I think ended up somewhere around like number 60 or something yeah I feel that the Smash Hits Poll Winners Party people would have given them like best female solo star if they could like tv show of the year best film yeah busted why not that's how obsessed they were with them but they are languishing here at 37 partly because i live very close to the o2 in london and the busted crowd were one of the most annoying crowds to try and get home while fighting through talking about fighting through totally natural segue there of the sort that we are famous for on this podcast at number 36 christina aguilera with fighter February 2003, Christina Aguilera actually had a number one single with Beautiful, but I've always found that song quite sappy. Never really been a fan, even if obviously I would record the video for Beautiful and pause the bit where the two boys kissed quite a lot as a child. I much prefer the song Fighter, that rockier edge really appealing to me in 2003 when I was convinced that I was the hardest punk to ever have lived and that the kind of gothic video where she's dressed in what seems to be a giant bin bag. I love I even loved it when, let's be honest, Girls Aloud totally ripped it off for the sexy no 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 video. It truly is the peak of Christina Aguilera looking like she hadn't had a wash in about 20 years, which is really my favourite Christina Aguilera. This of course was one of four singles she was released in 2003. Beautiful getting to number one in February, as I said, that being her, the last of her four number ones. Fighter getting to number three in June 2003. Can't Hold Us Down getting to number six. And The Voice Within getting to number nine. So Christine Regular is still doing very well, but the sense that kind of her glory period is over. And although she will have big hits 
Again, she will not be really an era-defining pop star any longer after 2003. She will, however, have a special place in this podcast heart forever for her incredibly vicious feud with Kelly Osbourne. Kind of quite hilariously sorry for Christina Aguilera there. Having to deal with someone who just clearly has so much less talent than you must be so annoying. It's like... I. Like imagine like having the vocal range that Christina Aguilera does and then getting off stage and seeing Kelly Osbourne, who makes Lumidy look tuneful, saying in the press that she has no talent. Must have been so frustrating. So Fighter by Christina Aguilera at 36 and at 35, one of my favourite underrated singles of 2003. Perhaps the most underrated song on this entire list. A number 26 hit in May 2003 and the final top 40 single for Macy Gray, with When I See You. about this song right at the start of the podcast and we've gained quite a lot of listeners since then so you may not have heard me talk about this song before this is of course Macy Gray best known for her single I Try her sole UK top 10 single which got to that position in October 1999 but she would continue releasing songs into 2003 this song I think I discovered it on a one of those like really cheap compilations that you get in in like Sainsbury's it was like the best 2000 songs in the world ever which of course in no way ever feature the best songs in the 2000 the world ever they usually contain all of the songs that the record label could license for about 20p one of which was when I see by Macy Gray but I just absolutely fell in love with this song it has such a kind of childlike exuberance to it which shouldn't work with Macy Gray's very raspy voice but I really think it does Obviously, we've only played a 30-second clip here for copyright reasons, but please go and seek out When I See You by Macy Gray on your own, because it's a great song that deserved to do better than number 26, one of a number of songs on this list, although not that many that I are here because I want to just highlight how much they deserved better. My next song in the top 40, though, definitely could not have done better than it did. Reached a peak of number three in March 2003, so it didn't get a number one, but did stay on the top 75 for 32 weeks, over half a year. It is, of course, 50 Cent with Inter Club. So come give me a hug, get in there, get in the rough. You can find me in the club, bottle full of bug. Mama, I got what you need, you need to fill the bars. I'm in there having sex, I ain't in there making love. So come give me a hug, get in there, get in the rough. When I pull up out front, you see the Benz on dub. When I roll 20 deep, it's always drama in the club. Now that I roll with Dre, everybody show me love. When you sell like Eminem, you get plenty of groupie love. Look, homie. In terms of this song, which was also on that mix CD that I mentioned earlier, I don't think I can improve on what I said the first time we talked about it. So here is a fun game that we played with Inder Club near the start of this podcast. But to pay tribute to that time, these are all of the misheard lyrics for just one single line of Inder Club, which kind of says what you need to know about his kind of mush-mouthed style. So let me read some of them to you now. Okay, here we go. Go, 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 Charlotte, it's your birthday. Go, 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 Charlie, it's superb day. Go, 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 Shorty, it's shiver day. Go, 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 
Go Shorty, it's the Shiver. Go, 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 go. Go Shorty, Misha Burton. <laughs> that's my, that's my personal favourite. Go, 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 go. Go shut it, it's your birthday. Honourable mention to the person who thought the line, bottle full of bub which I think is short for bubbles, as in champagne, not sure. But he thought that bottle full of bub was butthole full of bud. Sure, sounds like a party. I ha- So take a nice butthole full of bud and listen to the soothing sounds of another song that didn't reach the top spot of the chart but had real staying power at number 33, No Letting Go by Wayne Wanda. Got somebody, she's a beauty, very special. Really and truly club this song got only got to number three but it still felt like it was everywhere in 2003 although it only spent eight weeks on the uk top 75 but certainly i remember this song being absolutely everywhere on the radio in 2003 but none of this was enough to give wayne wonder a long career on the uk singles charts his next song bounce along came out in november and only got to number 19 although weirdly it did spend one week more than No Letting Go on the top 75. But the failure of that song combined with the fact that his album No Holding Back only got to number 40 meant it was a short but sweet chart ride for Wayne Wonder. But I'm glad that he appeared because it not only is No Letting Go a great song, but it also meant that I got to learn that Wayne Wonder's first single in his native Jamaica was a dub reggae cover of Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. I said that I would only feature one song per artist on this chart, but I also decided that I would only choose one song that used the Diwali rhythm, that basically the tune that you hear there in Wayne Wonder's No Letting Go, that kind of syncopated clapping thing, featured on a number of UK top 40s in 2003. It appeared in this song, Lumidi's Never Leave You, in a slightly altered version, on Missy Elliott's Pass That Dutch, and on Sean Paul's Get Busy. So I decided I was only going to feature one of them, of all of them, Wayne Wonders is the best. Very nearly chose Lumidi's Never Leave You just because of that hilarious clip of her being called out for being out of tune on top of the pops. But then I thought, I can just play that clip and choose a different song. So that is what I'm going to do now. Next up, a song that's become a massive summer hit. Despite a lot of people saying it sounds a little bit out of tune, we also sing it to explain ourselves. So Wayne Wonder there at number 30 and at number 32, every single week that it was on the chart, I couldn't help but mention that it is a song about bumming in a truck. And so it would be remiss of me to not remind you of that fact right now. 32, Blazing Squad with Flip Reverse. Blazing Squad, kind of an interesting sister band to Busted in a way. So in a way that Busted is punk music for children who are not ready for like full strength punk yet. Blazing Squad are rap 
for people who can't buy albums with parental advisory stickers yet. Which makes it even funnier things they are basically a band for children that their song Flip Reverse is about having anal sex in a heavy goods vehicle. The fact that never stops making me smile. We've had a lot of fun on this podcast with the various members of Blazing Squad and the music magazine's seeming obsession with giving us weird facts about them. None of which I can remember. Oh, there's the one. Didn't one of them got hit by ice from an airplane once? That's the only one I can remember. But listen back to our former episodes if you want to know way too much about Reaper, Strider, Rocky B, Kenzie, Flavor. Or is that? I think that's right. That's not... At a certain point... (laughs) Blazing Squad and So Solid crew members get mixed up in my head. Blazing Squad, I guess a band that we kind of make fu- make fun of now, but certainly they were at their peak in, two- in 2002 and 2003. They had their only number one single in August 2002 when Crossroads got to number one. But then in 2003, they had three top 10 singles. Reminisce got to number eight in February. We Just Be Dreaming, number three in July. And then Flip Reverse got to number two in November. But that their success would be short-lived they will only have one more top 10 single basically because both of their albums flopped the first one getting to number 33 and then the second one getting to number 37 people were like yeah we can deal with about three minutes of blazing squad at a time anymore the wheels start to fall off the wheels of the truck in which bumming is taking place of course blazing squad at 32 with flip reverse and at number 31 another hugely underrated song that i wanted to shout out sinead quinn with what you need is July 2003, What You Need Is got to number 19, the follow-up to Sinead Quinn's number two hit, I Can't Break Down, in February. That was a song I did buy on single at the time, big Sinead fan and Fame Academy obsessive that I was. But since then, it is her second single that I have learned to love. I think mostly because it's been totally forgotten for a long i think it only went on to spotify yet like last year i think it should have been the beginning of big things for sinead but when that song got to number 19 and the album only got to number 48 it was over for her kind of the first artist that showed that fame academy was not really going to be able to create real stars obviously the top two singers from pop idol were gareth gates and will young both of whom managed to have four number one singles whereas fame academy only managed to get a number one for David Snedden and then one single for Sinead Quinn. Although, of course, Lamar would also have a number of top 10 hits over the next few years. But this song deserves to be rescued from pop obscurity. I think it's a perfect piece of pop rock that I love. And that is why it is at number 31 behind at 30, Fool No More by S Club Juniors. As 
they were becoming at this point S Club 8. This was the hilariously flawed attempt after S Club 7 broke up to turn S Club 8 into their replacements, giving them a kind of more adult sound than they had had in their first album. Absolutely not a chance it was ever going to work because they were like, the youngest of them was still like 14 years old at this point and literally the single before For No More was their cover of Puppy Love. So trying to inject some adult sophistication on in them was never really going to work. Although I say that, I guess that's kind of what they succeeded doing with the Saturdays, which of course Frankie and Rochelle from S Club Juniors would join. But just because the S Club 8 transition was a flawed experiment does not mean that Fall No More and Sundown were not excellent songs. Fall No More, a number four hit in July 2003, and then Sundown, another number four hit in October 2003. So they were both hits, but the wheels are swiftly coming off the S Club 8 train. Their last ever single will be released on the January 2004. In fact, we will be talking about it next week on the show when we begin talking about the wonderful world of 2004 pop music. S Club Juniors never managed to have a number one hit, but they did manage to have three number two singles in a row. One Step Closer in May 2002, Automatic High August 2002, and then October 2002, New Direction, a song that if I were ever to do the best songs of 2002, I think would be straight in the top 10. You know, is it ethically right to culturally appropriate Indian culture as much as they do in the New Direction video? No. Does that mean that New Direction is any less of a banger? Also no. That that is the 30s rounded out. Just before we head into the 20s, just a few mini shouts out for the songs that didn't quite make it into this list. These were the last songs that didn't make it, but that I wanted to just give a brief shout out, honourable mentions of 2003 pop music. So the last song, this was the 41st song that I was toying between the last one to leave the list, Madonna with Love Profusion. Obviously, if I was going to do a kind of Mount Rushmore of my pop icons, then Madonna is definitely on there. My best moment of 2023 was seeing her at the Celebration Tour, getting absolutely shit-faced on those square bottles of wine that they seem to only sell at the O2. Love that. And also wanted to shout out Madonna's 2003 American Life era. I think that album's a masterpiece that is still, I think, considered as, from people who haven't heard it, as like a huge misstep in her career. I think that's unfair. She released, obviously, American Life, Hollywood and Love Profusion in 2003 but it's the final one of those that is my personal favourite but I ultimately decided that Madonna's appearance on Me Against the Music counted as a Madonna credit and so I therefore could not have both of them so that left the list as did Automatic by Sarah Watmore Ladies get up to get down Another song from a reality TV contestant who had a big hit with their first song and then their second song flopped and they got dropped from their record label. Their first song for Sarah Watmore from Pop Idol was When I Lost You, a classic from 2002 and 2003 her follow-up automatic got to number 12 leading to her being dropped from her record label but I think this song is a great bit of kind of sassy girl pop that still is missing from Spotify. So that's so why I wanted to shout it out here. If anyone's listening who can do anything about Sarah Watmore's Automatic not being on Spotify, please do something about it. If you're listening, pop music activism, that should be your, your next job. Also worth shouting out, Friday by Daniel Bedingfield. As I struggle to pass the time And my crime is that I'm living life without her And the morning soon will come And the day's only almost done And the class is half past five And the 
this song just appeals to me as a kind of fascinating blank check of pop that Daniel Bedingfield had had such big hits with Gotta Get Through This, If You're Not The One and Never Gonna Leave Your Side, all number one singles that they thought any song featuring Daniel Bedingfield could be a hit, including this surreal stream of consciousness rap piece. I love that he was able to release it and I love that the public was like, no, sorry, we're going to leave this song at like number 26. We do not get it at all. Love all of that. A few more songs to shout out. Yeah, yeah, yeah by Mel C. At that point, the lowest charting single for a Spice Girl. Mel C had a terrible 2003, basically. She injured herself really badly on the reality TV show The Games. She meant she wasn't able to promote this song. The kind of rollout for this single was a nightmare, as we discussed in the 16th of November episode. So listen back to that. But again, I think this is a song that did not deserve to be slammed as much as it did we just had it seems no time for when our pop girlies tried to do a rock song in 2003 but i have all the time in the world for it also want to shout out overrated by siobhan donahue True pop heads know that the Siobhan Donahue solo albums are perfection and uh, overrated is no exception. And the last song I want to sh- give an honorable mention to is Too Far Gone by Lisa Scott Lee, released on the 14th of September. wanted to put this song in the chart but then I thought ultimately it would be more of a tribute to Lisa's pop career if she just missed out on the chart because she loves to just miss out on the top 10 so I thought that was a beautiful tribute to her but now let's go back to the songs that have made it onto the list at 29 another underrated song I'm shouting out Good Boys by Blondie threatened it was going to be on this list and here it is at number 29 this song the fact that this song doesn't really have a reputation i think is the fault of the fact that it was not on spotify for a long time its parent album the curse of blondie i think was tied down in some sort of legal wranglings and so it wasn't released but in 2023 it finally saw the light of day and i'm so glad it did and people can discover this great late period blondie song if i actually really like a lot of the late period blondie stuff not only the stuff that's got into the top 40 like this but also their follow-on album to that panic of girls is really great and then they did a demented cover of relax by frankie goes to hollywood in like 2013 that's really great and then their album pollinator i think in like 2018 or 19 was also amazing so check out late period blondie starting with good boys now available on spotify thank you to everyone who got all the legal wrangling sorted and was able to finally get that song streaming the fact that this song is only at 29 despite being one of my favorite songs really does speak to the quality of some of the pop music in 2003 but let's not forget that for every great song there was also a like mandy by westlife so peaks and valleys but certainly one of the peaks of 2003 is here at number 28 pink featuring william orbit with feel good time Make a bigger, tell me something bigger. Change. 
of entering her flop era in 2003 her previous album misunderstood had been her kind of breakout obviously she was got a number one with lady marmalade in 2001 then she got her second number one with just like a pill in september 2002 get the party started just missed out on the number one spot in january 2002 then in 2003 she releases a slightly rockier album with try this and as we've seen from sinead quinn and mel c the public just wasn't so interested in her rockier stuff Feel Good Time did manage to get to number three, however, in July 2003, I think partly as the fact that it was literally everywhere in that summer. It was featured in the Charlie's Angels 2 Full Throttle trailer because it is from the soundtrack to that film. And I remember the trailer for Full Throttle being played every 45 seconds if you watch music TV in 2003. So that song is just seeped into my brain. It's one of the songs that I hear and it instantly takes me back to 2003, which is one of the main purposes of this podcast. So it had to feature here. I was also amazed when doing the research of this podcast when I learned that actually this was just a song that William Morbitt had written for Beck and then they simply just swapped out Beck's v- vocals and put in Pink's which is why William Morbitt gets a credit because they literally just used his production from the Beck song. So she would, she did manage to have two top 10 singles in 2003 with Trouble also getting to number seven but then she would not have another top 10 single until 2006. What I think I love most about Feel Good Time by Pink though is that it sounds nothing like a Pink song. She would never do something like this ever again so I kind of love that it exists as a kind of antidote to the sappy ballads that would soon become her kind of stock in trade when she wasn't you know being flung around the sky. So that's at number 28 and at number 27 a I think a moment of hypocrisy for me but hey it's happened now this is Alex Parks with maybe that's what it takes now I want you of all this way in my dreams biggest complaints that has been a running theme on this podcast of course has been my hatred of the kind of meek mild-mannered indie of 2003 one of the big exciting strands of 2004 is going to be the revival of indie music that kicks off with i think basically kicks off with take me out by franz ferdinand which kind of brings back punky choppy guitars to indie as opposed to these kind of sludgy, slow-tempoed ballads. But there is one sludgy, slow-tempoed ballad that I have huge love for, and that is Alex Parks's Maybe That's What It Takes. I think partly because I was just a Fame Academy super fan, as I've said, although I wanted Peter to win, I did support Alex Parks's song. You know, does it sound like a Coldplay song? Yes. But do I listen to it when I'm sad? Almost every time. So I've always loved this song, and I generally loved Alex Parks's attitude that she did a TV show called Fame Academy, but had no interest at all in being famous and would basically stop being famous as soon as she could love that for her i love that she's since become a recluse who 
if her LinkedIn page is to be believed, does kind of movement therapy now, which is exactly kind of hippie nonsense that I was, I'm very happy that she's now spending her life doing rather than playing the fame game. And so number 26, we come to another reality TV contestant. 2003, we are kind of in the peak, the golden age of reality TV pop music. Obviously, Gareth Gates and Will Young had dominated 2002. And then in 2003, we get Girls Aloud becoming the best band in Britain. We have the Fame Academy contestants trying to give it a go. We have the Pop Idol contestants trying to give it a go. Sometimes that creates absolute shit, like that terrible Pop Idol finalist cover of Happy Xmas War is Over that we talked about last week. But sometimes it creates gold, like at 26, Real Things by Javine. How can I make you see the real things in life are free? This is why this was a golden age for reality TV pop music. The fact that every single person who got into the final of Pop Stars Arrivals released a single is just incredible to me. Obviously, we have Girls Aloud and One True Voice, the bands that ended up winning Pop Stars Arrivals, but then Javine, who just missed out on Girls Aloud, released her song. The other four girls who didn't get to Girls Aloud teamed up to be clear who released the song download it and then the boys who didn't get into one true voice including the one that looked like every single other member's dad became fix in a hit in 2003 with hold on me so i love that obviously the best of those acts was girls aloud who are obviously going to be featuring much higher up this chart although which song you'd have to wait to find out but also Javine needed a shout out. It does get docked points because the opening line, everybody wanna be wearing jewellery is clunky AF, but it's got an absolutely undeniable chorus. And I've always been a defender of Javine. I think her Eurovision song is underrated. But why I say I am a defender of Javine, I cannot help but play this clip one last time for 2003. She's a relationship ruiner. Javine is a slag. <laughs> about Javine, but Jamelia talking about Javine. Jamelia. Outspoken Jamelia. How could you say such a thing? No, she really is a slagger. I'm saying for 2003 because I know that I won't be able to resist using it for her songs in 2004 as well. So Javine at 26 with a song that got to number four in July 2003, her only UK top 10 hit. And at 25, we have a number two hit from, from the 26th of July 2003. Benny Benassi presents the biz with satisfaction. <laughs> Do I think the video for Satisfaction with the scantily clad girls with the power tools kind of represents the worst of the disgusting lad mag culture of the 2000s? Yes. But does that stop me from listening to the song Satisfaction all the time? Absolutely not. One of the great pop songs that is two minutes long has everything that I need from a dance song in those two minutes though. The robot voices, the relentless house beat, a song 
about getting satisfaction in which the singer just sounds totally bored. Love all of that. Love the hilarious Top of the Pops performance of this song, which basically just brought the video to life. Benny Benassi's satisfaction standing in here for all of the dance music songs that may not be as beloved as the kind of iconic pop girlies but you know that if someone played this in a club you'd absolutely lose it now obviously i do this show because i'm nerdy about pop music but also because i'm incredibly nerdy about charts and so this song only at number 24 on the list of best songs but probably number one in my list of favorite chart runs because i am that sad so this next song gets its first peak at number six in november 2003 then it went to 8 10 13 22 you're like okay standard path through the chart obviously then it's going to be in the 30s and then gone but no then the next week 16 then 13 then 14 so you're like okay staying solid in those mid periods and then it goes 99443 and it reaches its peak in its 13th week on the chart truly amazing work for outcast with hey ya have a list of the best songs of 2003 without Hey Ya. I think people with better music taste would probably have it higher but unfortunately I'm pure trash and so it is here at number 24. What is there to say about Hey Ya by Outkast? Iconic, floor filling, ruined hundreds of Polaroid pictures by having people shake them and making the chemicals disperse. You know we're talking about the songs that truly defined 2003. It is that, it is Inter Club, it is Sean Paul and it is Crazy in Love by Beyonce which maybe is coming up. Although the next song at number 23 is kind of equally defining of 2003, a year in which the Bangra boom was in full swing. Gareth Gates managed to get a number one single with Spirit in the Sky with a very Bollywood-infused sound. That song is not going to be appearing in this top 40, however. But one song that is, is Punjabi MC with Mundi and Tabache at number 23. <laughs> that opened white Britain's eyes to a certain corner of world music and so we always have to appreciate it for that the Jay-Z version ruined it it is the original version that is here at number 23 a tribute to a time when everything was vaguely Indian we talked about S Club Junior's New Direction but when even Gareth Gates is playing sitars you know that something has been defining to the culture and so it is here at number 23 behind at 22 one of my favourite bands that I think deserved much more chart success than they got this is Gold Frap with Train.
if this was a list in which I was putting in as m- many songs by an artist as I liked, then definitely all three of the golf rap singles from 2003 would be on this list. This was the highest charting of them though. Got to number 23 in April 2003, then Strict Machine got to number 25 in August, and Twist got to number 31 in November 2003. Love all of those songs. I think Strict Machine, some people would count as their best song, but for me, it's Train. There's just something about that synthesizer riff that I absolutely love and just love golf rap in general. Was I admit slightly disappointed by Alison Goldfrapp's solo album in 2023 but we can still celebrate the amazing music that she made as part of Goldfrapp here at number 22. So nearly at the halfway point in our list still to come songs from such artists as Beyonce, Britney Spears, Mystique, Sugar Babes, Rachel Stevens, Kylie Minogue and at number 21 Richard X featuring Liberty X with Being Nobody. Briefly made Liberty X a cool postmodernist experiment, which no one quite expected from a band that was the five people who didn't get into hearsay. Of course, their commercial peak was Just a Little, which got to number one in May 2002. But for me, their creative peak is definitely this collaboration with Richard X, which got to number three in March 2003. Why is it a high point in postmodernist pop? Well, it is a cover of a mashup. Of course, a mashup between Being Boiled by Human League and Ain't Nobody by Shaka Khan, hence Being Nobody, originally released as a bootleg single by Richard X and then just like Freak Like Me actually by Sugar Babes his former hit getting a major pop band of the time to cover it it got to number one when he did it with Freak Like Me got to number three when Liberty X did it generally I would say there's something a little bit naff about Liberty X it's like they're kind of trying too hard to be sexy and edgy but with Being Nobody I think they achieved three and a half minutes of pop perfection it's also got a great video where it's like a factory that's like churning out versions of Liberty X, which is one of the better satires on manufactured pop that there was, I think. So an amazing song, another song I bought on single, but not quite able to crack the top 20 of my favourite songs of 2003. One song that did, however, is here at number 20, talking about iconic videos. This maybe, almost certainly, I think, is the best music video of 2003. Whoever the deranged genius was who thought to include light up tits and crotches in this video deserves all the awards we can give them at 20 electric six with danger high voltage Technically, a slight bending of 
my one artist rule because the guitars on Danger High Voltage are provided by Jack White who to look ahead does feature as part of the White Stripes in another song on this list but I thought seeing as that was an uncredited guitar piece we could probably allow it especially because you couldn't have a 2003 best of list without the White Stripes song that is to come and in my opinion you definitely could not have it without Danger High Voltage. I have a major soft spot for novelty music as the worryingly high placement for Take Your Shoes Off by the Cheeky Girls is going to show you in a minute and I think this song is the exact right combination of funny while still being an absolutely incredible tune and really one of the best karaoke songs that you can do if you're looking for something when you're looking through that big book of songs. Danger High Voltage, another one of the great number two singles got to number two on January the 18th 2003 with Sound of the Underground keeping it from getting to number one which is kind of fair enough. Okay, number 19 now. Another song that I want to shout out. Let's say it's a Sam shout out, a song that definitely deserved to do better. In my opinion, this song deserves a place in the gay canon that's currently taken by Unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield. This is a song that should inspire mass sing-alongs everywhere it goes. It is at number 19, Stacey Orico. There's gotta be more to life. Got the time and I'm wasting it slowly Here in this moment I'm halfway out the door On to the next thing I'm searching for something that's missing There's got to be more to life Got to number 12 in November 2003 In some ways have to lump it in with the S Club Juniors And the reason that I love Full No More. It's songs in which the singers are singing about things that they basically are too young to know anything about. At this point, Stacey Orico was 17 and yet was singing a song about existential ennui. I'm like, you wait until you get into the uh, the workplace, babe. You think you, f- you feel like ennui now at 17. You try big 30. You know, there's got to be more to life than chasing every temporary high to satisfy me. Like, you're 17, what are you doing? Like, having too many Diet Cokes? No. You can... Wait till your 20s, then you'll know all about temporary highs to satisfy you, but that ultimately leave you hollow and empty. Yeah, there's got to be more to life. One of the great songs that's vaguely Christian, and that's why, as I said, it should have the place that Unwritten has. Another song that's vaguely spiritual in a way that I can stand. Also, sorry to be controversial, because I know that there'll be fans of this woman out there, but if we're talking about former Christian rock artists who became pop stars, kind of give me Stacey Orico any day over Katy Perry. Sorry. Move swiftly on from that. I teased it just a few minutes ago and it is here. I briefly toyed with putting this in the top 10, but I thought there might be riots in the street. So it's here at number 18, Take Your Shoes Off by the Cheeky Girls. Obviously, there are songs that I think are better than Take Your Shoes Off by the Cheeky Girls. 
seven, at least 17 of them, if the numbers are anything to go by. But if they're talking about a song that makes me happy every time I hear it and that I do listen to all the time, Take Your Shoes Off by Cheeky Girls, just does it for me. I don't know. Yes, it's cheap. Yes, it's basically ripped off of popcorn by Hot Butter, but I don't care. I love this song. Shake it, shake it. Move it, move it. Take your shoes off and feel the freedom. Let's shake it. Let's move it and take our shoesies off. As I'm saying it now, I realise this song might be trying to extend their career by appealing to the foot fetish crowd, which I'm not really about, not to kink shame. But this is a fascinating example of something I'm quite interested in, which is the second songs from Novelty One Hit Wonders. It's like, yeah, sure, you've released the one ridiculous song, but can you follow it up? And for me, the Cheeky Girls do it in spades. Had a lot of fun talking about the Cheeky Girls on this podcast this year, talking about when they were so thin that their breast implants exploded. That was pretty insane. Learning that they are now work, they are car saleswomen. That was a great thing to learn. Seeing all the amazing photo shoots they did in 2003. The one where they dressed as the 118 people to advertise 118. The one where they, an enemy, they made them dress as the white stripes. These have all been iconic moments of this podcast. And this song, for me, is as iconic as their song cheeky song touch my bum and another sign of just how dominant the pop stars the rivals cast was that not only did every single finalist release a single but also people who let's not forget it's not like they were like the novelty act that got through to the finals they were they had such an iconic audition that they were able to have a pop career off it i love that for them and i love this song even if this means that i'll never be taken seriously as a pop music critic ever again i'm fine with it it's here at 18 about as high as i could get it with any good conscience especially because here at number 17 is an actual number one single and iconic pop song although take your shoes off to get to number two we should mention this is another number one single only our second i think uh, but there are three more number one singles of 2003 left to go but for here it here is a the number one single from the 25th of october 2003 the song that finally ended the black eyed peas reign of terror at the top of the charts hole in the head by sugar babes <laughs> third of the Sugar Babe six number ones previously got to number one with Freak Like Me and Round Round this is the first track from their third album the imaginatively titled Three I briefly I have to confess toyed with having another Sugar Babe song from 2003 in the place of hole in the head their song shape which got to number 11 in march 2003 i always think has been hugely underrated it really did deserve a top 10 placement but come on hole in the head is an iconic pop song there's a reason one of the best petty breakup songs ever released it gives the impression that these girls would be an absolute nightmare to date but straight men's loss is definitely gay pop fans gain when it comes to hole in the head and talking of straight men this is obviously not a male heavy list because everyone knows that women are just better at pop music that's a fact but one man who his reputation is rightly in tatters in 2023 but we have to admit this is a great song a great piece of drama and it also gave us another one of the greatest songs of 2003 at number 16 justin timberlake with crimea river These things people told me keep messing with my head. Should have 
My favourite bit of Cry Me The River, by the way, is just the bit at the beginning, which never really comes back, where it's just a voice going, It's like, what what Gregorian monk did you get to come into the studio for 20 minutes to record that, that has absolutely nothing to do with the rest of the song? I don't know, but I love it. Crimea River, another iconic number two single. Got to number two in February 2003. His other singles of 2003, all vaguely embarrassing. Work It, Nelly featuring Justin Timberlake. Embarrassing. Rock Your Body, Justin Timberlake. Embarrassing. Every time it gets to the bit in Rock Your Body where it's like, have you naked by the end of this song? I feel the need to put on like six extra layers of clothes. And then Senorita, the less said about the better, but... Crimea River, a huge piece of drama, another great breakup song, obviously about the Britney-Justin breakup, obviously always we are Team Britney, and Britney has beaten Justin in this list, which feels correct, but we have to accept that Crimea River is one of the great breakup songs. Also, of course, it led to Kathy Dennis writing a reply song to Crimea River that she offered to Britney, but she turned it down, which as we have talked about on this show many times, ended up being Sweet Dreams My LAX by Rachel Stevens, which is also coming up on this chart. And again, feels very correct that it is ahead of Crime and River, even if we have to admit that this is a great song. But from a breakup song, we head to My Marriage Song, the song that I did my first dance to at my wedding. Will the fact that I've put 14 other songs ahead of it mean that uh, that marriage is short-lived? I don't know, but this is at number 15, the Yeah Yeah Yeahs with Maps. got to number 26 in October 2003 so one of the lowest charting songs on this list but again if a real music critic with good taste was putting out a list of the best songs of 2003 I think this would be top 10 one of the most beautiful pieces of yearning ever set to music put that on the poster yeah 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 one of the most critically beloved acts of 2003 managed to have three top 40 hits this year date with a night pin and then maps here a band I love definitely one of my gateways into rock music was these early yeah 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 songs and great wedding music I think all wedding music should be faintly miserable because weddings are generally miserable places to be so this is indie rock perfection into pop perfection at number 14 Danny Minogue I begin to wonder Another iconic number two. I know that kind of chart fans say this all the time, but really there is an argument to make that 
there is a the list of number two singles of all time does beat the list of number one singles and i begin to wonder definitely one of the arguments for that i begin to wonder by danny minogue a number two hit in march 2003 another honorable mention for this chart of course danny minogue's mashup of don't want to lose this feeling and madonna's into the groove but being a stickler to my own rules as i am i thought to myself that's not that's a remix that's not the official single so it cannot have a place but i begin to wonder definitely owning a earning a place in its own right you know pop music is good when the charts can support two minogues at the same time and danny minogue holding a special place in my heart this year because one of the things i got to do as part of my day job was interview her which means I got to A, speak to her about Who Do You Love Now, which is one of my favourite songs that, of course, she released in 2001, but also was able to ask her what it feels like to be a gay icon. And this song, definitely one of the reasons why she will always be a gay icon, even if the music video looks like it was made for about 18 pence, but as Girls Aloud will show us, that's never stopped an act from being iconic. So we are heading ever closer to that big top 10. Still to come, though, songs from Danny's sister, Kylie, Beyonce, Girls Aloud, Rachel Stevens, and more. Plus a number one that I don't think you will have predicted, even though you should have. One song that wasn't able to make it to number one, but able to make it to number 13. I think another number two here. Number two is where it is at in the 2003 charts, because here is a song that can only be described as so, so, so scandalous. Right, a number two hit in March 2003 and an iconic song that really says a lot about how fickle pop fortunes are that they were able to release a song as iconic as Scandalous in March 2003 and by November 2003 they their career was done basically they would not release another single of course partly that was the fact that their record label went bankrupt also Alicia Dixon maybe thinking now about potential solo career but certainly as we've seen time and time again on these charts it's not easy to be a pop star even when you can release songs as good as Scandalous. You try listening to Scandalous at a club and restraining yourself from slut dropping during the chorus is actually and this is true a medical impossibility. We need Mystique to come back to do pride gigs that would be so good. Obviously we've all I imagine we've all seen Alicia Dixon at I don't know Leamington Spa Pride or whatever doing her little Mystique medley but we need Sue Elise and Sabrina to rejoin her for a bit of 20th anniversary reunion. At number 12 though, the highest charting I would say of the songs that I feature on this chart because I think they're underrated pop genius. Everything from then on pretty much I think is a bona fide pop classic. Well with one exception which we will get into but for now let's celebrate at number 12 Sophie Ellis-Bexter with Mixed Up Worlds.
forever this song is associated in my mind in turning on i don't know tmf or the hits sometime in the 2000s and they were doing a countdown of the most disappointing pop comebacks and this song was at like number 22 or something throughout that time the, i've just got slowly and slowly more angry about that i'm like if you think this song is a disappointment then you don't deserve good pop music quite frankly did the fact that she dyed her hair blonde for this album make her look like the ghost of christmas past yes but that doesn't stop the quality of the music mixed up world by the way a number seven hit in october 2003 sophia lispector will release one more song in from this album shoot from the hip which we will talk about next week and then takes a three-year break before she releases her iconic song catch you another song written by kathy dennis of sweet dreams my lax fame so as we will be talking about sophia lispector next week we will not dwell on her now we will head into a song just missing out on the top 10 and also just missing out on the number one spot another number two single can you believe it the one that stopped madonna's love profusion getting on this chart it is at 11 britney spears featuring madonna with me against the music another song that i've held some resentment about i once read a review of this song that said it featured britney spears's best work and madonna's worst work and quite frankly if you can't enjoy madonna in a white business suit humping a cane then all while running around a house that seems to be made of shredded wheat then i don't know what to tell you it also was the inspiration for one of my favorite french and saunders sketches which i can't believe i haven't talked about before now if you haven't seen the french and saunders me against the music parody then you should watch it now although i would of course put a clip in here i'll take you there there's desperation all over your face i'll pay the fare stop rolling around all over the place no one's scared And very worth celebrating Britney Spears here because talking about her pop career is going to get more and more depressing in the coming months and years. In January 2004, Britney Spears would marry her childhood friend Jason Alexander in Las Vegas in a marriage that famously lasted for two days. And then in July 2004, she would become engaged to Kevin Fedline. So the beginning of the end of Britney's golden period here. But what a shining gold period it was. And of course, although things are going to get dark in her personal life, which we will have to talk about, there are some incredible songs left from her. Some songs I think will be charting even higher than number 11 on future best of year lists. But we are here now, the top 10 best songs of 2003. Kylie, Girls Aloud, Rachel Stevens, Beyonce, and at number 10, kicking off a run of three male acts in a row. I'm not quite sure what had happened to me here. Must have briefly become straight, which is great for me. In fact, these next two are, these are also probably the straightest songs in the entire top 40 so let's gaily brace ourselves for at number 10 the white stripes with seven nation army Thank you. 
another song that we talked about on our first ever episode of this podcast seven nation army got to number seven very pleasingly in may 2003 what to say about it i mean it's an incredible riff it's got that great video where they're going through all of the diamonds the white stripes wearing entirely red white and black looking like the coolest band in the world jack white single-handedly was the reason why i dated almost entirely goths in my early dating years because i liked that pale look that he had so much and i love this song it would be even higher had it not been ruined by so many football chants and the looking back at it embarrassment which i was definitely part of of the oh jeremy corbyn cries at glastonbury during this podcast obviously you get a much wider sense of what was going on in 2003 than you got at the time and it all that does is highlight just how kind of unique and exciting that white stripe sound was Obviously, it will be endlessly ripped off across the years. But, I mean, we'll compare it to the, you know, Britney Spears, Me Gets the Music. This sounds like it comes from, like, another galaxy. And so a worthy representative for indie rock in this top 10. I'm going to become more and more of an indie girly as we go into 2004 because I start to discover, you know, guitars and learning that, you know, pop music doesn't just have to be performed by women wearing a lot of body glitter although of course the best pop music always is but number nine we have some men who are no strangers to a bit of body glitter one of the bands that the press was completely obsessed with in 2003 at nine the darkness with i believe in a thing called love really gained a new appreciation of this song from doing this podcast just listening every time i would like listen to it to get re-familiarized with it for the week's episode i just couldn't help but listen to it three times in a row again it's my soft spot for novelty music and there is a slight novelty edge to this song with the falsettos everyone's question in 2003 was exactly how sincere the darkness were being and i think i believe the thing called love shows it doesn't really matter just because they're performing everything with their tongue so much in their cheek that it's kind of poked through and is now just flapping around in the air that's a lovely image isn't it what was the point of that <laughs> why did i say that because yeah it doesn't matter how sincere they're being because the result was just again music that sounded like nothing else on the pop charts and would you believe it another number two hit you know i've shared that quote last week from that chart watch guy that said rest assured the darkness will have a number one single before the end of 2004 it really did feel that way in 2003 but it was not to be the closest they would get to is this number two song released in october 2003 another great karaoke song for the brave ones of you out there i know talking about male artists is a slog but we've only got two left out of the remaining eight tracks one of which is here this is the song chart nerds among you that has got the biggest disparity between its place in the real uk top 40s and my place here on the best of year list this song got to number 39 in november 2003 but is here at number eight it is hurt by johnny cash my sweetest friend Everyone I know Goes away in the end And you could have it all 
think in the episode we talked about this, I called it the most devastating song ever written, and it just really is. You know, obviously it doesn't come across in this podcast because this is light, frothy fun, but I love nothing more than wallowing with some deeply depressing music preferably over a long bath and I had a playlist that was famous among my university halls called L&M or Late Night Melancholy and her by Jolly Cash is track one the amount of times that people heard it blaring through my wall and knew maybe I didn't want to come for dinner that day was yeah it holds a place in my heart for that and it kind of shows there's many ways that a song can be incredible you know it can be catchy it can be camp it can be fun but it also is equally important that we get songs that are really emotionally true and hurt by Johnny Cash is certainly this this is a man who is pretty much going to die within a few years looking back at his entire life and not being entirely pleased with what he sees what more is there to say about it than that emotionally completely gutting now do you follow on from that well you follow on by saying it's upbeat anthems all the way now six female acts one male act at number seven and at this point these my these songs are not even like five star songs for me these are like eight star out of five bangers beginning with number seven rachel stevens sweet dreams my lax say funky dory is a joke there but i could not because it's serious i'm serious about sweet dreams my lax by rachel stevens i'm serious about rachel stevens talking about you can have a iconic song by being emotionally true rachel stevens also shows you can be an iconic pop star without really having any personality whatsoever as long as the songs are good enough and that is an as important a lesson about pop music as anything that johnny cash could teach you you know rachel stevens is the woman who was so media trained that famously simon Amstel couldn't even get her to choose what her favorite nut was in the fear that she might accidentally like alienate pistachio fans and despite that she was the platform for much of the most interesting electro pop of 2003 and 2004 usually you find out that she wasn't the first choice for basically any song that she ever did she would but it actually worked out well for her because it means that she would tend to get the stuff that was a bit too weird for other people so like britney would be like oh no too weird kylie would be like no not really what i'm doing at the moment and so rachel stevens would be the beneficiary of that none true of course than sweet dreams my lax which famously given to britney we've said that a lot on this podcast but i've never really thought about whether that version would be better or worse i'm sure someone's done some ai version of that that we can hear <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that is pretty good, but Rachel Stevens did it better. The video in which she's like gets tangled up in ropes is iconic, even if really stolen from Kiss Kiss by Holly Valance, who's, by the way, her state of mind very close to getting into this top 40. You know, would you want to go to dinner with Rachel Stevens? No, but you would want to listen to her singing Sweet Dreams My LAX time and time again. Nothing like a woman who's never dated anyone from Los Angeles telling you about her LAX. By the way, has the airport, I guess because this song wasn't a hit in America, the airport LAX has never done a like Sweet Dreams from LAX 
add. That's just an idea that's out there if you want it. Los Angeles Airport. I know you're listening. That's at number seven. And at number six, we knew, of course, Girls Aloud had to be on this list. But which of their three singles have I chosen here at number six? It could only be As Much As I Love, Life Got Cold, Myself, See Also, Depressing. Could only be No Good Advice at number six. the highest charting of the songs on this list that I bought at the time bought that CD single with a two track CD single with that and the amazing B-side on around on it at the time I thought the video in which they're all wearing basically tinfoil and just lounging around a car with like ghost men was one of the best music videos I've ever seen I've now been disavowed of that notion and realised that it's in fact cheap cheap and bad as most girls allowed videos are but in a totally endearing way but there's nothing cheap and bad about this song talk about making songs that no one else was at the time this like kind of surf rock influence glam rock electro pop creation is prime xenomania and of course the production house xenomania known for like these frankenstein genre creations that should never work but really do and really that is girls allowed this it should not have worked that we should not have had a band from pop stars arrivals that were this successful i mean look at one true voice fix javine clear and yet genius prevailed girls allowed honestly the best british band of the 2000s in my opinion can't wait to see them live i hope they do this yeah what more to say we're going to be talking hundreds of minutes of Girls Aloud in the coming years and months. They wasted no time in between releasing their first album and releasing their second. Jump came out in November and the show comes out in July 2004. And if this top 40 has been a tribute, kind of without my knowledge really, to the great number two singles of 2003, then Girls Aloud are the queens of number two. This was their first number two. They were going to be number two with Jump, the show, Love Machine and Something New. As I've said many a time, the list of Girls Aloud number twos much better than the list of number ones, which has Sound of the Underground, which is good. I'll Stand By You, Dreadful, Walk This Way, Bizarre, and The Promise. Sorry to say, bad. I know there's Promise fans out there, but it sounds like a super drug ad, and you can't tell me it doesn't. I think it actually was the soundtrack for a super drug ad, wasn't it? Anyway, Girls Aloud had to be in this top 10. This was the year in which they solidified themselves. They could have very easily been one-hit wonders. Look at all of the reality TV show contestants that we've been talking about. Look at One True Voice. If I was to rank every single that came out in 2003, I think Shakespeare's Way With Words would maybe not be at the bottom because that was that terrible Southampton football song, but would definitely be bottom 10. Whereas No Good Advice solidified that Girls Aloud were a pop force to be reckoned with. Some people may have been hoping for a higher placement for them, especially when you hear what number two and number one are, but they had to be behind. Probably the defining song of 2003 if we were doing a list that wasn't just from my insane fevered brain we were going to poll pop fans everywhere about their favorite 2003 songs this number five would probably be number one but i'm in charge so fuck you fuck you pop fans it's a number five crazy in love by beyonce Talk to my friends so oh, quietly. Who do you think he is? Look at what you did to me. Oh, 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 o
you talk about Girls Loud with a song that solidifies her career, Crazy in Love is definitely that. Her song before that had been Work It Out from Austin Powers and Goldmember, which really gives One Hit Wonder, like that kind of cheesy 70s sax. Definitely couldn't build a career on that. Then she released Oh Free, Bonnie and Clyde, which I briefly toyed with having on this list because it's a Jay-Z song, but I thought, no, one Beyonce song. It has to be Crazy in Love, her first number one. A song that in many ways set the mould for what R&B music was going to sound like for the next 10 years. Another number one single of 2003. Only the third. It's not a great year for number ones 2003. And the first of five number ones, by the way, for Beyonce. Again, you hear this song in the club, you try not doing that arm booty shaking dance if you can resist that then there's no no space for you in clubbing you shouldn't be allowed to dance basically another song that was everywhere in 2003 maybe it has lost a little bit of its shine for me just because it was totally inescapable whereas there are songs here that i think deserve more credit and i am always basically just always a bit of a dickhead really so i kind of like the idea of taking the bona fide classic and giving it its due putting it in the top five but then putting my personal favorite choices above it but there are two more number one singles above it so at least among the british record buying public these songs were held in the same esteem although our number five song here crazy in love got three weeks to number one and our number four song only got one week but what an incredible song it is kylie minogue with slow Spun me 180 degrees, it's so electric Slow down and dance with me, yeah Slow Skip a beat and move in my body, yeah Slow Come on and dance with me, yeah My opinion the best Kylie Minogue song, no arguments. Certainly the best Kylie Minogue video, the towels, the dancing, pop, perfection giving kylie her seventh number one at the time the suddenly had the like record of being like the lowest selling number one single of all time but that just says that speaks more to people's lack of taste than this song's quality as a song the bit where she says read my body language is the cuntiest moment of pop music there ever was i also love it this is really nerdy pop stuff when a pop album is named after a line from a song but not the title of that song. So obviously Body Language by Kylie Minogue, a prime example of that. 2023, of course, a huge year for Kylie. Padam Padam being a surprise top 10 hit. I've obviously, I like the song Padam Padam, but I have been colder on it than some people. And I think it's because my ideal Kylie is more of a slow than a spinning around. You know, there's, I think there's two kind of types of Kylie fans. There's the people who like the kind of big bright pop you know they they love the 80s stuff they love yeah fever light years and i think there are kind of fans who kind of like the weirder stuff you know we're impossible princess people we love x we're the people who slightly have reservations about that we think that kylie should sometimes take more risks because when she does we end up with something like slow if i had this in real life when i first saw kylie on the kiss me once tour in whenever that was 2014 15 i was obviously sat a million miles away from the stage actually pretty much in the same place that I was when I saw the sugar babes especially now my eyesight's getting worse it's like they're just vaguely blurry pinpricks in the distance but I was sat stood next to a guy who was stood up the whole time until slow came on and then he sat down and I was like what are you doing man this is like her best song he's like no it's actually a little bit hurt slow and I was like well there, there you go there's there's two types of Kylie fans and I'm definitely the one that loves slow I wish she had done songs as weird as this like the song that's kind of one note the tune of it is like one 
note the whole time, pretty much. I think the Kylie that people love, I'm unpacking this in real time, they like kind of her bubbly nature, but I think Kylie's at her best when she's like a finely tuned sex robot, which also, by the way, is why I like Sweet Dreams My LAX, because that was prime, emotionless, passionless sex robot music as well. So I love Slow. I'm so happy that Kylie is has had a great year. All of, you know, any reservations I have about it are all my ridiculous hang-ups about pop music, rather than her, who just continues doing excellent work. And so Slow is at here at number four. And here is where things maybe get a little weird. If you've been listening to the podcast since the beginning, some of these three last few choices may not surprise you. Although the first one, the number one, I say may come completely out of the blue because it's not a song we've talked about on the show. But these are certainly not the consensus picks for the best songs of 2003, but they are my personal esteemed picks. Not not wanting to go on a rant about lists because as a culture journalist, I've had to write hundreds of them. But all these people who are like, oh, you're only doing that for to get clicks, rage clicks, uh, only for doing it for clout, blah, blah, blah. No, if you're writing, a, there's no point in writing a list if you can't over promote your like personal insane taste, is my opinion. And that is how I've approached these final three. And so at number three, we have Emma Bunton with Maybe. as I go along with this actually it's interesting I've got a real soft spot for songs that are really deliberately trying to sound like they're from a different era like obviously The Darkness I believe in a thing called Love trying to be 70s glam rock Seven Nation Army trying to sound like 60s garage rock and here we have Emma Bunton who bizarrely in 2003 decided she was going to be a bossa nova queen and the best result of that is the the incredibly 60s like Scylla Black could have performed this song not like Scylla Black like surprise surprise all those videos on Twitter Scylla Black but the Scylla Black who used to do Burt Bacharach songs you know anyone who had a heart could have sung maybe but that I think if a song is deliberately out of its era that means it's it's inherently timeless and I think maybe has shown that I think the consensus pick for the best solo Spice Girls single is like I Turn To You by Mel C but I think there's a growing fan base of which I am one arguing that maybe is the finest moment of the Spice Girls solo because I think it does pinpoint actually how 60s the Spice Girls were obviously stop incredibly 60s but they're all of their references are you know the Beatles and Swing in London is very big in the Spice Girls mythos if you listen to like the Lady is a Vamp that song's very in that vein and I think the best example of it here is with Emma with maybe this song deserved to be Emma Bunton's second number one in my opinion but did only get to number six and also I just wanted to highlight this song I only just discovered this week which is a kind of slowed down what she calls a Latino version of Maybe which was the B-side to Cricket Sing for Anna Maria which I'm going to play here to celebrate Emma Bunton at at number three So literally anything could be next now. I think all of the big songs of 2003 have been ticked off, but people 
who have been listening from the very beginning of this podcast might have an idea of what is here at number two. I think the first time we ever mentioned the idea of doing a best of year special was because of this song and we wanted to highlight how much I loved it. I shared my enthusiasm with it endlessly in its entire chart run and its chart run was pretty long. Yes, this song first charted in March 2003 and then left the chart in June. So a three month chart run for at number two, How Far We've Come, Move Your Feet by Junior Senior. Come on everybody and move your feet. Don't stop, don't stop the beat. I can't stop, can't stop the beat. I won't stop, won't stop the beat to go. I'm realising in real time that I have too much of a soft spot perhaps for like for novelty pop music but that's what's fun about charts is that it's it is democracy in action you know you can do like the most amazing like expertly constructed emotionally true pop songs something like Hurt by Johnny Cash and get trounced in the charts by something like Move Your Feet by Junior Senior but that is to damn it with faint praise because I think this song in its way is completely perfect it's just a complete burst of energy of could only of course it's got that incredibly like 8-bit graphic video which I all is incredible wow so many of these songs in the top 10 I have got great videos obviously this is how I was ex- absorbing music in 2003 which is watching endless hours of the box and it's really paid off here actually yeah because our number one has got a amazing video as well wow and the irony that I then ended up working entirely in this audio medium is not lost on me but yeah Move Your Feet by Junior Senior again a song that if I listen to it once I have to listen to it four times and it just sums up for me the magic of pop music the lie you know everybody move your feet and feel united it should be trite because it's so obvious you know well it's basically the same as Madonna's music makes the people come together isn't it but they prove why that is true with this song like no matter if you're like a baby or if you're like an old you know you're Johnny Cash it's after all I can't imagine Johnny Cash actually liking this song but you could you certainly could imagine like an elderly person tapping their feet at a wedding to this song while their great grandchild does skids on the floor on their knees you know and that is the power of pop music I love this song I love that junior senior are a duo that feature a gay man and a straight man I think so much amazing pop music has relied on that formula wham erasure and also I love that basically a one-hit wonder is here competing with people like Beyonce and Kylie again that's the glory of the chart that you can be Coldplay at like your most popular period and get beaten to number one by Crazy Frog although not to look ahead because we'll get to talk about that one day but for now we are talking about the number one my favorite song of 2003 and it's a song that came out before we started the podcast so it could be anything but it is a number one single it was the second number one single of 2003 spent four weeks at the top of the charts knocking off david sneddon with stop living the light it is at number one my favorite song of 2003 tattoo with all the things she said don't know why i've been doing that <laughs> the uh structure of do i do x Yes. Do I do Y? No. So much in this section. I'm. This is. I'm recording this on straight after New Year's Day, basically. So I'm absolutely dead. I'm gonna. Have, I'm sure I'm gonna have discovered once I stop talking that I haven't been recording for the last hour in a bit of a haze. But do I feel anyway? What was I saying? Do be. Do I feel good in this current climate? But having a Russian act, one of whom is a known homophobe, at the top of this list. No, I don't feel good about that. But. It has to be said that who the, all the things she said by Tattoo is a masterpiece. I 
at the end 2010 I think I compiled a list the top 100 songs of the 2000s which I'll have to fish out I think it's a demented list but number one on that list was All the Things She Said by Tattoo and here are some of the reasons why firstly I can excuse the fact that one of them now is a homophobe because this song was such a formative moment for me as an LGBT person and I'm sure there are for many of us like it's one of those pieces of culture that we you would just watch endlessly and be like wow you know gay people are real and they're snogging in the rain in their school uniforms. Now I can realise that that's kind of male gazy and of course the whole tattoo experiment was basically can we sell a lesbian band to straight men? But none of that stops all the things she said from being just the most amazing song. There aren't even any words for how much I love this song. I love that it basically they are so enraptured in their love in the song that I love how part of a part of the song that is that by the end they're just chanting all the things she said like as they're you know holding each other I think that's so emotionally powerful I feel now that I have to defend this song because you're thinking mate Crazy Love by Beyonce was at number five why have you got all the things she said by Tattoo at number one because it is incredible what more what more is there to be said I've been fascinated with Tattoo for a long time just the idea of that LGBT rights had got to a point in 2003 where a lesbian band was palatable. It wouldn't get you banned, but was still shocking enough that it would get you lots of headlines and you could build an entire career on that is fascinating to me. I think it speaks to the history of Russia in a fascinating way that they would then 10 years later basically do a load of homophobic legislation. But none of this, this is all fascinating. And as I've said, one of my long podcasting dreams has been to do a like three or four part mini series about Tattoo. But none of this takes away from just all the things she said being the most incredible song. Beginning with it basically sounds like Radar, the fact that they kind of sing the song like they've been crying for like six hours, the fact that some of the notes just end up basically screams of longing, I think it just sums up young queer love in such a amazing way. I love it and I hope it has been an acceptable number one for you here but ultimately it is my list and your list is equally valid and I'm sure there are songs that you'll have on your list that I would not have in a million years and I think those song, that song is probably beautiful by Christina Aguilera that's going to feature would probably feature in a lot of your top tens but it's nowhere near mine please by the way let me know your favorite songs from 2003 you don't have to do a full top 40 list although I'm sure some of you just like I do have spreadsheets of this stuff so if you do feel free to share it with us we are at on twitter at 2000 chart show on instagram at the 2000 chart show we are available via email at the 2000 chart show at gmail.com i've done these things the wrong way but now to say thank you for a great seven months it's been so fun doing this podcast it's been a delight to see the audience grow and knowing that there are people out there who care about these stupid fucking pop acts as much as I do really excited to talk about 2004 I've just been looking at some of the lists of songs and it's maybe an even better pop year than 2003 was so I can't wait to talk about it not only because next week it kicks off with a bang with Victoria Beckham's Let Your Head Go and This Groove can't wait to talk about that which will be next week when we delve into 2004 but for now here is my personal number one i'll maybe never be able to judge the record by in public again but i don't care this is all the things she said by tattoo <laughs>